Hey there, everyone. Before we start the show, we here at Popcorn for Dinner want to give a big shout out to our good friend and illustrator Kyle Kedzik for helping us celebrate making it to 40 episodes with some uh, brand new custom artwork, which is now up on all of our social media accounts. We love it. We hope you love it. And if you're looking for some new custom artwork for your business or project, you can look him up on Facebook at Kyle Kedzik or even drop him a line at kylekedzik at gmail.com. That's K-Y-L-E-K-E-D-Z-U-C. Welcome back to Popcorn for Dinner. This is Jeff. And Kelly. We are back in August. We started this podcast in August, and so this is our second mm-hmm. August. <laughs> Pretty neat. When we first started, we didn't really have many themes yeah. or anything. It was just sort of like whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we started doing movies, and even then we didn't really have theme months for them. It was just whatever movie we watched. Mm-hmm. So now having sort of plans for them, it's fun to see like how... How different it is. Yes. But still cool. There were some fun episodes at the beginning. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I, I honestly, I thought I was like, should we do some sort of like retrospective episode about <laughs> it or something? But I was like, eh, we'll just keep moving along. Mm-hmm. We'll see. So for this uh, this August, we, uh, we're still in the midst of this crazy ass pandemic. It's nuts to me that this started during YA Adaptation Month. God, that was and, so long ago. Right? It was like... Because, yeah, that was the last time we had a guest. Yeah. Well, not just that, but I just remember during the recording for the Twilight episode is when I got the call from work <laughs> to be like, hey, so we're uh, we're shutting down for a bit. Yeah. So that's just, it's insane how long it's been. <laughs> uh, but since we're in the midst of all this craziness, um, it's August, yet baseball just started. Yes. <laughs> it yes. started in July, but it's like, you know. They're like 10 or so games in around yeah. there, depending on the team. Yeah, which is so wild because it's like it's, next month it's supposed to be like the the drive towards the playoffs mm-hmm. sort of thing. And it's like, no, we kind of just got started. Yeah. Um, There's but, only like 60 games. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> um, but it's not necessarily a podcast about baseball, but this month it is about baseball movies. Woo. And so we've uh, chosen a few special ones and a couple that were just like, let's see what this is about. Uh, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, but coming up first, our first week's episode in baseball movie month is the 1988 sports drama film Eight Men Out. I had heard the name Eight Men Out like a billion times in my life, but I've never knew what the uh, context of it was. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I know it's a movie. And people seem to like it, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. And it seems wild to me that I never knew, you know, living in Chicago, that it's like that was like sort of the phrase that they were using about the Black Sox scandal of the 1919 Mm -hmm. World Series like forever. And it makes me feel like everyone's like real ashamed of it or something. Yeah. You know, because that's not something that we at least I ever heard about. Like, oh, you, you ever hear about the 1919 White Sox? It's, it's funny. Like, really never. Yeah, I hadn't either. And I grew up a Sox fan. Yeah, my dad's a huge Sox fan. It's like, it's insane that he never told me a story about yeah. the Black Sox or whatever. He has to know. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> it's just weird that it's like, 
We just we don't talk about that. It's a dirty little <laughs> secret. Um, even I mean, I assume there was probably a little bit of talk about it when the Sox won the World Series mm-hmm. in you five. Yeah, because it was like apparently it was sort of uh, their their drought was based on that, or yes. people were assuming it was that. Like, oh, the curse of the Black Sox. <laughs> you throw the World Series, you're never gonna win one again. Yeah. Which really, looking back on it, for all the shit the Cubs get or got really yeah. for the like 108 years the billy goat curse or whatever it's like that's a way worse curse throwing yeah. a world series and being oh, yeah. like you'll never win one again it's like that is a horrible fucking history to have yeah. and then the cubs it was like eh, we were mean to a guy who owned a goat and it's yeah. like fuck you guys forever <laughs> seems out of balance considering one is real and one is a completely imaginary yeah. goat story <laughs> so silly but chicago yeah we love our goats so, uh, yeah, this movie is essentially just a retelling of that. It's a, a dramatization of the 1919 World Series and the uh, the eight players that were accused mm-hmm. of throwing the series, even though in the end they were found not guilty, but they were banned from baseball forever. Yeah. Which is so dramatic. Yes, it uh, is. <laughs> like, I, I get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you're taking money to throw games in Mm-hmm. organized sports like that's that's something that the sport itself is not really going to stand for yeah but at least in terms of what the movie shows us about it i don't know if they did or didn't really want us to side on on the on the player's side of this thing mm-hmm. but based on what is presented to us in this movie i was 100 percent on the player's side the whole time oh yeah i was like you don't make because i honestly I, I haven't looked it up i've looked up a lot of stuff about the real <laughs> shit that went down mm-hmm I have not looked up if Charles Comiskey was like a big fat miser guy, like the stereotypical fat cat sitting around with his cigar, like, I'm not going to pay you guys. But he's so evil in this movie. He's like so obviously the bad guy Mm -hmm. that at no point do I feel like any of these players are out of bounds considering the time and considering what the sport was like back then. It's super different than now. Mm -hmm. There's not... You know, so as much like advertising money and sponsorships and shit rolling in, yeah. TV deals, you know, all that kind of stuff isn't there. So it's a much more kind of ramshackle operation. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, I mean, you get it to a certain point of like, you only make so much money as a ball club. Mm-hmm. But it, still, yeah. when you're paying <laughs> your players like shit, what do you expect? Yeah. What do you really expect? You got these guys who are, according to everyone in this movie, the best to ever play the game. Yeah. Like the best team that has ever played baseball up until then or whatever. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you'll get comparisons like, you know, in 1980, there was a better team statistically. <laughs> like, Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they're considered one of the greatest to ever play the game. They had won the World Series like two years prior. Yeah. So it was like, this is the club. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your players, how the movie portrays it, they're totally getting fucked. Oh, yeah. You know, like there's that whole opening sequence, the opening of the movie that like introduces you to the players mm-hmm. and shows you, you know, how much, how good they are, how much they love baseball, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. And then it cuts right to them coming into the clubhouse or whatever. And the dude, the like intermediate between them and Comiskey yeah. is like, here is your bonus, a bunch of flat champagne, like instead of actually getting paid, this is what you get. Because mm-hmm. isn't that, isn't the first seen the that it wasn't that like them winning the pennant like they won that game so they won the pennant or whatever mm-hmm. so it's like boom we're the best yeah we're going to the world series again yeah and their bonuses 
are bullshit and mm-hmm. you know the the fact that they're swayed by people being like hey we'll give you money to throw this game yeah it's tough to be like you deserve this mm-hmm. baseball <laughs> you know what i mean like the mlb if it was called the mlb back then but like and, baseball mm-hmm. deserves to have these guys throw the biggest series of the year and kind of tarnish the reputation because they weren't getting paid enough but you're not paying them enough yeah that's gonna happen like you're gonna get somebody who's like fuck it if i can make more money mm-hmm. than what you're ever gonna give me then i'm out of here yeah you know and that's why i think people give a little bit too much shit to how much money the stars are making now because it's like i bet you a lot of it is in response to that yeah it's like you know what you guys throwing games because you're barely paying them like mm-hmm. your star players barely paying them like no they got to get paid if there's a bunch of money coming in yeah you got to pay them at least to make sure they don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it really, like, the, the movie sort of highlights how seemingly easy it is to fix baseball if you're the players, like, yeah. if you have enough guys. Yeah. Because everyone is certain that they can pull this off. Mm-hmm. Like, I always I forget his name. Sleepy Bill Burns. Sleepy mm-hmm. Bill Burns. Uh, Christopher Lloyd's character, mm-hmm. him and his uh, his little buddy, who I always forget the actor's name, but he's the uh, parking attendant in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, who steals the car and drives oh. it when they park it. Nice. I was like, I know that guy. He's also in uh, Super Mario Brothers, <laughs> which is super garbage, but I always remember him from that too. Uh, but those two guys are like, oh, this guy, this guy, this guy will go for it. That guy will go for it. If we get seven, eight guys, mm-hmm. we could easily do this. And then you kind of think about it and it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, you get you get a couple of pitchers to make sure like the rotation mm-hmm. comes around and you get enough starts yeah. for them to like tank the game. And then just like a handful of guys mm-hmm. to to make some errors and, yeah, and co- a couple basemen, a couple outfielders. Yeah. And it's like pretty much a done deal. Like they yeah. would have gotten they would have done it like they probably well, maybe not gotten away with it. Mm hmm. Because if, if how it happened was anything like this movie, they were so obvious about yeah, it. right. Ridiculously That's, obvious. One of my notes was, I feel like they could have been a little more discreet. <laughs> yeah. like, all those knowing glances mm-hmm. all the time, like just before and then also yeah. just <laughs> after doing something super suspicious. And they keep like eye contact. <laughs> it's like, guys, keep it on the DL a little bit. Yeah, right. The, the down low hadn't been invented yet in 1919. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hadn't figured that part out yet. Um, but it's a it's a really fun like cast of guys for the movie. Like I, I enjoyed so many of the folks that were in it. So in all honesty, I wasn't a hundred percent paying attention to the opening credits. Mm-hmm. I was like getting notes set up and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize that Michael Rooker <laughs> is in the movie. Oh yeah. And the Rook. I didn't really think that it was him at first. <laughs> Why? Because he had hair? <laughs> uh, a little bit. And because he's, you know, so much younger than anything I've seen him in. This is only a few years before Days of Thunder. Oh, that's right. I see Days of Thunder has already <laughs> fallen out of my head. <laughs> uh, so one of my notes was, who looks like Michael Rooker? And then my next note was young Michael Rooker. Yeah, young, young Michael Rooker bears a striking resemblance to Michael Rooker. Yeah. It's, a, <laughs> it's really creepy. But I mean, honestly, fucking, you got John Cusack, who is so fucking good as Buck Weaver. 
He needs like, to be in every movie based in Chicago. <laughs> I didn't even really think about it that way. But in my head, it was like, oh, my God, I bet you he was like, I heard this story a million times, unless his dad kept it a secret, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he is just like when he was like a young man in movies, he has just such an earnest like mm-hmm. vibe about him. Right. Whereas like I could not I, I would not have been able to see him play Chick's part. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Rooker or the Swedes part. Yeah, I call. I kept calling him the Swede in my notes, and I was like, "Oh, he, they just call him Swede as his <laughs> name. It's not his nationality. Yeah. <laughs> it's just his nickname." <laughs> um, but like, I couldn't see him playing one of the like real ringleaders mm-hmm. of it. But him being the like super honest, like yeah. I'm not fucking throwing shit for shit. Yeah, I love baseball and I want to be great. So you guys can do what the fuck you're doing, mm-hmm. but I want to keep playing. Yeah. Like, and but, playing hard and all that. But he's a good enough guy to, like, not rat them out at yeah, first. I mean, which I'm sure is his fucking regret until the oh, day yeah. he died, especially after that little disclaimer at the mm-hmm. end. Where it's like, and he proclaimed his innocence every single day until he died. <laughs> like, every oh, year. Oh, my God. He, like, tried to plead every year. Yeah, which seems wild to me where it's like at a certain point, when does he understand that it's purely symbolic? Like the first couple of years, it's like, I could play. I could still play, guys. Mm-hmm. And then once he's like 55 or something, it's like, just take me off the fucking list. Yeah. <laughs> just like give me my honor back or something. Yeah. You know, it's like that's got to be a bummer to realize. It's like, well, the window to actually come back and play has closed. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to fight for it because fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and his his is, is a tough sort of situation to sort of judge as well like as much as the movie really plays him up as the boy scout Mm -hmm. like all those little meetings he has with those fucking rapscallion kids on the street who i hated hate those kids yep but all those are obviously meant to show him as like the good-hearted kind-hearted guy who just loves the game and wants to play and he got wrapped up in something you know, and his outbursts in the court at the end of like, oh, I I never took a cent and this and that and whatever. I should have realized this way ahead of time. But in my research, <laughs> none of that happened. He, he didn't say a word the entire trial because the trial is absolutely real. Like they yeah. do go on trial and oh, they yeah. get found not guilty. Huh. But then the commissioner's like, oh, fuck you all. But oh, sorry, just got to get to those fucking kids <laughs> like the kids and a lot of the slang and a lot of the music and a lot of the fashion. Really, it's like it's super it's super good mm-hmm. in terms of like accuracy. Yeah, like setting you in the scene mm-hmm. and feeling when this was, you know, there were some bits that were like super fucking wild to me like that <laughs> that bedding room yes with, with the, the with, little board yeah. with the guy that they would make run from base yeah. to base oh my oh god my i was god. like is was that a legit thing like a fully big thing where it's like you get fucking what are those things called that's not a telegram it's the a ticker it's a uh telegraph telegraph okay uh, yeah yeah, but the dude's fucking reading off the ticker every play that happens in the game, and then they move the fucking things on the board accordingly to show mm-hmm. where everyone is and everything, and the slang and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. fucking uh, the one dude, he says, oh, I think it was the coach. I think it was his kid. He says mm-hmm. something along the lines of, like, well, my players are on the level, and that's the straight dope. <laughs> oh, my God, the straight dope. Wow. Oh, wow. Or, or when the kids are fighting. And they're they're talking about how it's like, oh, the Sox are throwing this series. Like, my old man says something, something. And the kid yells back, your old man don't know beans. (laughs) God, it's so corny and stupid. Oh, and I know, I know that everyone's going to look at 
like our era of slang and things uh, look back on it and be mm. like, oh, it's so corny and stupid. But it's yeah. like, well, then I have no problem saying that about them. Like, yeah. I'll get it later mm-hmm. in the future. People will be like, you sounded like an idiot to listen to these and be yeah. like, listen to you talk, you fucking idiot. And I'll be like, fine, but at least I made fun of the 20. <laughs> People need to know. Just keeping the cycle going. Yeah. Oh, and the one other thing that I knew about, it wasn't like it was a surprise, but it was something that I hadn't really thought of or or seen in action for so long that I was like, man, I understand that they worked, but those fucking like exploding flash things for photography back mm-hmm. then are fucking ridiculous yeah, to really are. think about. It's like, I'm just going to jam a bunch of explosive powder and shit in mm-hmm. this thing and then yep. we're going to set it off. It's going to explode, but mm-hmm. just enough so that there's light and I can get a better picture. Yep. <laughs> like, oh my God. That's insanity. Like, obviously, it's part of the evolution of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But, like, that stage of the evolution, when you just pick it out (laughs) and look at it on its own, it's like, what were we thinking? (laughs) Lunacy, especially when there's, like, seven of them next to each other. It's like, blah, 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 blah. In a crowded room. (laughs) Yeah. Like, everyone's wearing a wool suit. Like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) This entire era is a fire hazard. How how did humanity survive? Yeah. Its own stupidity. <laughs> we barely made it through the 20s and the skin of our teeth. The plot of the movie is very sort of simple. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like these guys. Well, it's simple in terms of like the, the general vibe of it. But there yeah. were a lot of little confusing bits to it. There were like, so many so many little bits moving. Exactly. That, that was what that was what got me. It was like the whole big picture concept of it is so easy. Mm-hmm. It's like a bunch of players on the team that's favored to win the World Series take money to throw the game so that people who bet on the Reds, knowing that they're going to throw the game, mm-hmm. win a shitload of money. Right, because the it, odds are so heavily stacked against them. Yeah, it's like simple enough right there. That's pretty good. Yeah. But the plan, like the plan from what I can tell is fairly accurate in the movie to what happened in real life. Okay. It's like there were multiple people apparently paying these guys like that was the craziest thing it's like you got fucking christopher lloyd Mm -hmm. and he's like let's do this and then there's that dude sullivan who is talking with them Mm -hmm. and he's the fucking christopher lloyd's watching sullivan talk and he's like his partner's like do you think he's asking him the same thing if if they're gonna throw the series and he's like nah no way next scene sullivan's asking them to throw the series Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i was like oh okay so they're gonna go with sullivan instead and then they agree to him, and then <laughs> Sleepy Bill Burns comes in and get, throws his pitch in, and they're like, well, why don't we just do them both and get double the money? Yeah. Which I was like, brilliant. Yeah. If you're already doing it, do it twice. Why not? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you're not, it's not like more conspiracy. Yeah. It's all just one big conspiracy at that point. And their point was pretty good, too. Like, what are they going to do? Call the cops? Yeah. Like, which then gets turned on them later. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what are they going to do? Call the cops? Um. <laughs> But the things that confused me were all the sort of like logistics of of how how the <laughs> the money was being dealt with because it was like all of these guys like Sullivan and Burns and them are like promising like ten thousand dollars for each player who's gonna throw the games like mm-hmm. who, who is on board and is like actively doing shit to throw the games. Yeah, none of them have this money apparently. Yeah. Like they've come into this plan and promised all this money and don't even have it because then they yeah. have to be like, all right, well, now we're going to go to Rothstein. Yeah. Rothstein, the fucking gangster guy who will put up the money. Apparently, even though he wants nothing to do with it, 
yeah. for like three straight scenes, it feels, <laughs> where people come up to him like, hey, this is going to be a big money thing. I'm going to fucking bet on the Reds instead of the Sox because mm-hmm. they're going to throw it. And all you got to do is give a little bit of money to pay those guys and you'll make so much more. And he's like, no, no, thank you. And then somebody else shows up and is like, we want to talk to you about the series. And he's like, that's a popular thing these days. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it. And yeah. then and then all of a sudden he was like, call whatever, tell him something. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. And then he was in and it was like, nothing happened. Yeah. It wasn't I, like he suddenly had a change of heart. Like I could make money. Yeah. It's, like, it's like he didn't understand <laughs> them at first yeah, he, and then realized later in the day, like, oh, crap. Oh, I could make a shitload of money. Call him. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like an idiot for turning him down. <laughs> so he puts up the money or whatever, and then it goes to all these intermediates, including that guy who was like a boxer or something, who becomes a dick, like the sort of like little guy mm-hmm. who like withholds the money sometimes or he, something. Well, he got the money from. Oh no, he he was like he extorting quote, unquote, people. Yeah, he he collected quote unquote from. Yeah. Someone that owed Rothstein. Yeah. So it seemed like Rothstein wasn't even in on that part. It I don't like think he, would, he was. Yeah. So it's like, so was he in on it or not? Like, who is yeah. he in on it with? Because it's like, how does this dude know that Rothstein, like, how does he know Rothstein's business enough to know who owes him a shitload of money to try to collect without being in on this plan with Rothstein (laughs) in the first place, unless he's running like a third racket or something. That was something that really confused me. I didn't understand a lot of the betting people's like motivations or, or how exactly they were making the money. Cause I know they kept telling the players like, Oh shit, you know, the money's all tied up right now in bets. So once that goes through, then you'll get your money. Mm -hmm. At which point I was like, well, that seems like an obvious ploy yeah. to just not pay them so why did why would they just stop losing games like if you're not getting paid for it then be like well then fuck you then i'm not gonna lose the games and then they have that one scene where fucking uh which one was it it was lefty right lefty's wife mm-hmm. gets yeah. threatened and everything yeah. well she doesn't know she her well life right was threatened. yeah yeah lefty knows that they're gonna kill her if he doesn't throw the game yeah the next day like game Eight, I think it's the final game, which was fucking nuts to me. I was like, oh, best no. of nine. I thought that was the last game. He throws he throws everything at the beginning, and then they wind up losing the game. Oh, right. Because I think that was it, is they were yeah. like, we don't want it to risk it going to nine games. Lose right now. Yeah. So I guess that's what the deal was. But fucking, of course, looking into it, completely fabricated. Oh. Nobody threatened anybody. There's no substantiated uh, anything. <sighs> And so, I mean, that's good. <laughs> really great for her. Yeah, that, that's great for all of the wives yeah. <laughs> and other family members, etc. For sure. But it's, oh. Yeah, it was really movie disappointing. Drama. Yeah, it was really disappointing because it's like, I get it. It's a movie. It's over-dramatizing mm-hmm. things. It's going to make things simpler than they were to, to give you a, like a, a, you know, an easier, like dramatic arc to follow and whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was like, that to me was the only thing that would keep these guys from being like, fuck it. Why even bother losing the rest of these games? We're not getting paid. Yeah. Nobody's fucking paying us. So let's just win these last two that we can easily do. Mm-hmm. And everything's cool. And so it was like, oh, their wives are getting threatened with death. That explains it. Yeah. But then it's like, wait, that didn't happen. So then why didn't they win? <laughs> like, I, I can only assume that they. They were they were like hoping they'd yeah. get paid. Like, yeah. You, you better. Like, I hope so. Come on. We. <laughs> We're doing we it. lost it for you. I guess that would that would be probably my only thing. Yeah. My big confusion about this 
and sort of the plan. It's like throwing the entire series. Yeah. What benefit is there to doing it that way that would counteract how obvious it gets <laughs> that they're doing what they're doing? Look, you're coming into this series. Socks are like ridiculously favored. Everyone's like, they're going to fucking win. If like not just this series, but game one, probably easily. Mm -hmm. Why not just throw that game? You know what I mean? Like bet a shitload. Yeah. Bet as much as you can, because the odds are going to be at the absolute biggest. They will be at that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Coming into the series, it's like, there's no way the Reds take the first game. If they win one, it won't be the first game or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So you bet all your shit on that and have them throw that game and then let the rest of the series go. You know? I mean... Because it's like, who would ever think to try to prove that? Like, the Sox lost the first game. They must be throw. They must have thrown it. And it's like, or they had a shitty game. Yeah. And then they came back and they fucking obliterated them in the next five. So, <laughs> meh. They had a bad game. And a bunch of people still get to make a bunch of money. You know? it's It seemed insane to me to be like, keep it going. Keep losing. Lose three games straight? Yeah. Which they wind up not doing. Mm -hmm. They accidentally win the third game. <laughs> yeah, because of the pitching change. Yeah, they get the rookie in who's like, I'll do it. Because he's got no clue what's going on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Which seemed kind of crazy to me, considering how much animosity, like on-field animosity there was between <laughs> the guys on the take and the guys who were pretty fucking certain those guys were on the take. <laughs> like the fucking catcher. Mm -hmm. it's, he wasn't fooled for a second. He literally, yeah. like, the second pitch that went to him that was not the pitch he called for, he's like, are you fucking on the tank? <laughs> he was losing it. That dude was fucking out of his mind about it. He punched him, too. Yes. Like down the, down the like, hallway or whatever after yes. a game. He was like, fucking what does this mean? And he's, like, you know, showing him the symbol and punches him in the face. Like, that dude fucking knew. Oh, yeah. So it's like. Why risk it? Why fucking risk it to have them lose a shitload of games that they weren't supposed to? Like, supposed to, quote unquote, mm -hmm. any given Sunday, whatever the fuck you want to say. You know, <laughs> people can win, people can lose, whatever. But that just seems insane to me to try to pad it along multiple games. You know, it's like if they're the best fucking team. Greed. It's, I mean... Make all your money on that first one. Just bet a fucking shitload. Like, bet as much as you possibly can. I mean, I'm sure that would look really suspicious, I'm assuming. Like, if if mob movies have taught me anything, is that, you know, police are watching money transactions, especially large ones. Because apparently they had nothing else to do at that time <laughs> but go through bank records. To me, I mean, the fact that they were going through intermediates to do the betting anyway, it wasn't like Rothstein himself was waltzing down to the place and being like, I'm going to put down a billion on these guys or whatever yeah. the fuck. <laughs> like they had people betting for them. But it's like, really, at that point, what could you go on as any kind of investigator, really? Because it's like, oh, why are you betting a whole bunch of money on the Reds? And you'd be like. Well, because the odds are so fucking good. Like, if they do it, I'm going to be goddamn rich. It's like, yeah. yeah, but what happens if you don't win? Like, that's my fucking problem. Yeah. What does that fucking matter to you guys? Like, I get that it would bring suspicions and things, but mm -hmm. it's like, if it's one game. Yeah. And you bet against the odds in order to maximize your payout. Like, people do that. Like, I don't, it, it seemed crazy to me. Like, you guys, all you're doing is getting caught by I, making it so obvious and having it go on for so long. 
you know, like all these games, especially when there's nine games to the series. It's like you can't even just like quietly get swept. (laughs) You know, it's like it's a huge thing (laughs) that was like crazy to me. But apparently that stuff was like how it went. Like there were double crosses and there were people who were concerned that the players were trying to win again <laughs> like hey what are you doing are you guys yeah. you're trying to lose right and what's his face buck john cusack like was in fact like he knew about what was happening mm-hmm. and was like fuck you guys i'm playing as hard as i can yeah i don't care and yeah you sort of understand why he kind of gets the book thrown at him about that where it's like wait a minute yeah you, you knew yeah and it's like uh, oh oh Oh, right. That's just as bad. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like there's there's a bit of the like, it's like ah, I was too proud or something. It's mm. like in the end, you knew it was happening. You didn't stop it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're pretty much you kind of have to be lumped in there. Mm-hmm. The one I did feel terrible for was Shoeless Joe. Yes. Shoeless Joe. That was a tragedy wrapped up in the midst of the rest of this movie. That it was really more just was. like drama, and oh. that was just like heartbreaking. Yeah, I didn't look too much into Shoeless Joe, but I know that it is like a fact that he was like essentially illiterate, mm-hmm. and so just watching him get taken advantage by everybody. Yeah, and the fact that it was like he was probably the best guy on the team. Yeah, <laughs> and yet all these other guys who were not as good as him. We're kind of dragging him under with them for this because he was such a good player. They took advantage yeah, they, of, and they needed him. Yeah. Like it was like this guy. If this guy just well, and that's the saddest thing too is like that dude had a great series. Yeah, if you look at it, his batting average was like three fifty or something like that. Like the dude was just killing it, and he mm. like like no errors. No nothing. I wrote specifically down later how sh- fucking shitty it was that those people had him <sighs> sign that confession mm-hmm. and it, like i i already really hate like shitty police interrogation tactics that yeah. try to get you to to say things you don't want to or do things against your own interests because they're lying to you about it like oh you know you really need to do this and you, sh- you really shouldn't talk to anybody else about it and blah mm-hmm. blah blah. and the way they were doing that to him yeah where he was like you know normally my wife comes and and and, and reads these things with me and whatever you know mm-hmm. and he's like nobody reads them joe you just gotta sign it and just like, oh, you fucking assholes. Yeah. He has no clue what he's signing. And he can't even sign it. He has to put an X. Yeah. It was like, oh, God, how fucking heartbreaking. Ugh. This dude who like and and the way that they the way that Swede got to him. What exactly was it that he it was like, I think it was him saying we need you. Yeah. But, which really kind of got me. Yeah. And then also him saying that, like, he said that they can't do it without him mm-hmm. you know he needs to be in on the deal oh that's right that he 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 makes it seem like other people didn't want joe in on it mm-hmm. and he's like no you know and i told him he's got he's he's one of us he's yeah. one of you know he's got to be a part of it and it's like fuck you dude mm-hmm. that is that is treacherous yeah i don't like that <laughs> Pure manipulation. For a, yeah for such like a seemingly sweet guy like honestly i don't know much about Shoeless Joe Jackson's was like he could have been a monster. I don't know, <laughs> but I'm assuming he wasn't. Yeah, and I'm assuming that his, his other than Buck, his was probably the least deserved of the baseball bands. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I tried to look up to see if he played like secret baseball under a different name, <laughs> like the end of the movie implies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't find any specific like validation of that idea. Mm-hmm. But and the only thing against it was that the director said that that last scene was like pure fiction. 
And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I like, do you mean pure fiction? Like nothing in it happened or pure fiction? Buck Weaver probably didn't go see Joe play in Newark or wherever the fuck yeah. he was like, or that kind of fiction. Is mm-hmm. it all fiction or whatever? Yeah. Um, But I'm assuming he probably didn't. Like, yeah. I know that there was less like print and pictures and shit back then, but it's like mm-hmm. how long before someone's like, that's Shoeless Joe Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it seems like it would be something that would be easily uh, figured out. Yeah. God. And he and he got put through the fucking ringer by everybody else, too. Mm -hmm. Like before the first game when he sits there and he's like tells kid that he doesn't want to play. And he's like, you'll play. Oh, you're going to play like really mad at him about it and everything. It's like, oh, God, like he's just feeling so guilty and shitty. That he doesn't want to, like, I'm sure he's just not in the mindset to play. Yeah. And he just doesn't want to, and he's getting forced to. And then later when they're leaving the court and that kid's like, say it ain't so, Joe. Say it ain't so. It's like, oh, my God, he didn't even do anything. He played well. Yeah. <laughs> he had a really good series. Hmm. Like, oh, what a fucking bummer for that dude. Felt so bad. The guy who played him, fucking uh, D.B. Sweeney, was awesome yeah he was i don't recall i looked up i looked him up because i was like dude this guy seems familiar um and obviously he's like been in other stuff but Mm -hmm. not much that i have personally seen he was in 10 episodes of two and a half men probably as a an old favorite of charlie sheen yeah right that's sort of what i thought also in this movie and we haven't mentioned yet (laughs) yeah really charlie sheen dude that i you know what's fucking crazy it's like of the movies that we've watched i've been sitting here being like Man, I if I had been alive, like if I was, you know, maybe let's go like 10 years older or something, you know, if I was born like 10 years prior or something, Mm -hmm. I probably would have been so fucking depressed when Charlie Sheen went crazy and like just just went off the deep end and everything. Because so far, like we've what we've seen Red Dawn Mm -hmm. with him in it. Yeah, we've seen this. Was there anything else? I don't think there's anything else we've watched for this show, at least. Yeah. Um, but then, then watching him in this and everything, and I was like, I fucking love this kid. Yeah, right. He is so effortlessly charming and so much like just so much cooler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> than fucking <laughs> any of his like old guy shtick, like fucking two and a half men and yeah. being crazy and winning and all of his fucking lunacy. Mm-hmm. Like that would be like if in like 10 years we fucking sit there and watch as Joseph Gordon-Levitt has a huge meltdown oh and goes completely insane. And it's like, no! Don't put that evil in the world. <laughs> but like legit, like I, I was like, this kid is really fucking charming. And I oh, yeah. bet you, like, I bet you there's more movies of his that, like, if I watched it. Because I haven't watched that many of his. Like, he's, yeah. he's sort of always been like a, oh, yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah, that dude from <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off who's the, like, junkie in the in the police station at the mm-hmm. end. Like, that was really more what Charlie <laughs> Sheen was to me. Uh, so watching these, it's like, fuck, I actually kind of like him. Like, yeah, as an right? actor in these roles, he's really good. And it sucks. <laughs> what, what happened to him? What a real bummer. Realizing after the fact how much that sucked like at the time it was like oh charlie sheen has gone crazy exactly but it was like meh but but if it was like a big longtime fan like oh i love that guy in his movies oh my god what are you doing oh my god what are you doing (laughs) charlie stop yeah really terrible (laughs) um you know what's the craziest thing too i literally barely recognized christopher lloyd at first 
when they were sitting in the stands and he was talking, I was like, all right, so there's these guys and they're talking about stuff, whatever. And then there was like one face he made. It was like, I think it might've been something where he was like kind of sitting there bored and he did like a, like a face stretch, like, you know, mm-hmm. like you're tired and you've been sitting in one place. So you kind of like, oh, like pop your jaw or something. <laughs> and he made this goofy face and all of a sudden I was like, oh, there he is. <laughs> Like everything I fucking watch him in, he's doing crazy comedic faces and stuff. So in this, he was just kind of like sitting there being serious. And then he does a little bit of something and was like, oh, there, there's Doc. (laughs) I recognized him right away. Mm. And in fact, wrote like, was he ever young? (laughs) We'll have to search one out. We'll have to find like the (laughs) earliest movie he's ever done. We're going to go to it and he's going to be like 70. (laughs) Be like, what the hell? But yeah, I I like Christopher Lloyd a lot in the role and that sketchy backstabbing moment at the end when he takes the stand and Mm -hmm. basically like gives them all up. And it was like, it was your idea, you piece of shit. But they're the ones who go down for it, which is a huge thing to me, like reading about it and how I, I felt like they didn't dwell on it too much, but how a lot of the players were like... These fucking guys come to us with their plans Mm -hmm. to do all this and they wind up still making their money and getting no punishment and we're the ones banned from baseball for life. Yeah. That fucking blows. Like, obviously, yeah, you still cheated and whatever, but like, (laughs) it's just like, because that dude, apparently he like turned state's witness or whatever to like turn everybody in. So he didn't get shit. Well, okay. He didn't get like prosecuted and whatever, but apparently he did lose all the money because he still bet against them in game three mm-hmm. that they like accidentally won. Yeah. And so he was like, oh, my God. But again, in the end, it works out for all those fuckers. They don't get anything. Yeah, like they don't fucks. get. Yeah, they don't get any kind of fucking punishment for it. Just goes to show you it pays to be a gangster. <laughs> I guess. And Michael Rooker was good, too. I liked Michael Rooker in it. Like he mm-hmm. I was reading in like people's descriptions of it. And they're like, oh, and Michael Rooker playing the perfect bad apple. I was like, he didn't seem that bad. Yeah. He was the one who was kind of like ringleading the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And was like, hey, let's get them. Let's get this. We can get money and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it didn't seem like he was like a sh- like super shitty person. Yeah, he was just really persuasive like, and wanted money. And, I he, mean. And, and he, like everyone else, just got fucked by Comiskey. Yeah. So it's like any of these guys would have had the fucking reason to do it oh, yeah. it's just that he did it i don't think that necessarily define him as like bad apple or whatever yeah obviously the players who weren't on the take hated him and were mad at him because yeah. of the obvious <laughs> errors he was you know fucking mm-hmm. accruing but i don't know i didn't hate him that the, apparently the way the movie wanted us to i was like i get it you know yeah like i understand why he's doing what he's doing i'm not yeah. like oh chick yeah. oh you <laughs> rascal you sap yeah. <laughs> that was apparently like the insult. You it's... motherfucker. I'll get... <laughs> Call someone a sap on the street. You got to hold them back. <laughs> and I liked, uh, I really liked David Stratham. Stratham, the guy who played Eddie, the pitcher. Yeah, yeah. That dude was fucking awesome. I loved what him else in that role. Was he in? He was in LA Confidential. That might be it. He was really fucking good playing the like, almost old timer pitcher or mm-hmm. it's like he's you know, maybe he's got a couple seasons left in his arm and yeah you know he's he's worried about his future and shit mm-hmm. uh and the movie again painting comiskey in the worst light yeah absolutely in the worst light they possibly can uh that meeting where 
you know, oh, I was, if I got to 30 wins, you were going to pay me more. Mm-hmm. And I only got to 29 because you told kid to bench me for a couple of weeks. Yeah. That, that no substantiation, any meeting like that ever happened or anything like that. Like he, he did win 29 games that year, but he absolutely had the opportunity to win more than that. Okay. So, uh, well, I mean, and not, not, not in the case not of the- like, he was he missed throughout the season yeah it wasn't okay. like and then once he got to 29 all of a sudden he didn't get any games you know it's like yeah. he had an opportunity to get to 30 like that wasn't necessarily real which yeah. is like that sucks for a you know realism standpoint of being like oh now i get exactly why they did it in mm-hmm. real life but in terms of the movie what a fucking great way to be like oh eddie's so on board now oh yeah after that fucking meeting that fucking line of 29 is not 30 eddie yeah. I, I just wrote down fuck you see the the line that particularly stood out to me as awful was you will only get the money you deserve yeah like, oh, that was super you're shitty you're saying that he doesn't deserve more money yeah like, you're fucking he, ace that you're resting for the goddamn world series because you need him mm-hmm. fuck you mm-hmm. so yeah as a as a drama in the movie itself totally works totally makes you believe it and everything but in terms of the real world things get way shakier as to why <laughs> people did things and how involved people really were cuz mm-hmm. in the end i was looking at it and the guy who wrote the book Elliot Asinoff He wrote the 1963 book, Eight Men Out, The Black Sox, and the 1919 World Series. I looked into it. Two people talked to him about this. Okay. And neither of them were on the team or anything like that. It was like people involved in the betting side of it who told their version of the story. And everything else is just like extrapolated. Gotcha. So it's like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. <laughs> like you're trying to make it sound like it's the definitive version of mm-hmm. the story, and you you talk to like the janitor. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> fuck? What is this? <laughs> so it really makes a lot of the like specifics in this movie suddenly feel a little like I, I doubt any of this happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost not certain there was a World Series that year. <laughs> That just makes me wonder about a lot of the specifics of the game. Like I, I wrote yeah. down, I was like, I wonder how much of this is like fully accurate. Like how much did they really look into? Like this was the guy playing this position at this spot. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. was it like, oh, they put John Cusack here because it looks better yeah. <laughs> in the movie, but he was really playing over here or something. Yeah. So a lot of it. Was Bucky actually on third? Was, yeah. Yeah. Like that, like uh, as far as Chick I can tell, first? everyone was where they should have been. Okay. The one fucking thing of all the things in the movie that I thought could be corroborated one way or another, I literally spent so much time last night Googling <laughs> and found nothing not even a shred of a mention of the effigy dropped from the plane because that was fucking nuts yeah, i was like was. what is going on when yeah. the plane rolls up i was mm-hmm. like what's what's this what's yeah. this all about is it a gangster plane what's happening yeah. here <laughs> and then the body comes out and i mean obviously in the movie as soon as you see it you're like oh it's like a dummy it's an effigy or whatever mm-hmm but the crowd fucking doesn't. Yeah. And the woman shrieks and it falls down and it bah, lands on the ground and the fucking players and kid come and look at it and everything. And what does he say? He has a good line there. Something about like, see if he can pitch. Yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> um, but I was like, that's fucking nuts. Oh, I hope that one's real. Nothing. Not a mention of it anywhere. Nowhere in the fact or fiction page I was looking at. 
So I was like, okay, well, maybe, you know, if it happened, Mm -hmm. then it wouldn't be here. So I'll just look it up as though it's a real thing. Like, oh, remember the effigy in the plane from the World Series? Nothing. Nowhere. I have no fucking idea where that came from. (laughs) Like, if it was completely made up for the movie or if that actually happened or any of that stuff. And I was like, I thought that would be the most easily corroborated one. Like, did a plane drop a dummy or not? Yeah. It's 1919. It's not like there's planes everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> they just fucking came out. Like that, you'd think that would be like. So people were fucking terrified. Yeah. When the plane came overhead, and they were like, "What's it gonna do?" That was something I noticed. It was that like the sound of a plane to me is like, "Oh, it's a plane." And then it's like, "Oh wait, that's right. These people, <laughs> they're freaking out for a reason." Yeah. Like <laughs> this doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> they, there isn't a like international airport within. <laughs> oh know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the field itself here yeah. in Chicago and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea, but I I couldn't believe that I I still have no idea if that happened or not. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> I'll I'll see what I can find on Google. Yeah, dig it up because I I thought that was gonna be so obvious. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was shortly after that they were burning an effigy outside the hotel. I mean that I assume I would be harder to corroborate. You know what I mean? Because it's like people were crazy and people yeah, apparently I mean, used to burn effigies a lot. Like I don't know. <laughs> like I I knew to some degree that that was a thing at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Especially about sports teams. Yeah. The whole effigy thing just is wild to me. Yeah. The, the old timey hard on for effigies is uh, definitely not a like bright spot in the past. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like that is so like violent right my god like i can totally understand the idea of the dumbass drunk sports fan mm-hmm. who's like you fucking you guys suck you should go die you know mm-hmm. and it'd be like oh okay like mm-hmm. hey that like that's a pretty serious thing to say someone should die but it's like yeah but he's fucking drunk and he thought you played like shit so yeah he's just mouthing off yeah but to be like we're gonna fucking get a dummy stuff it full of straw dress it like the man we hate string it up Light it on fire. Like, Jesus Christ, people. Oh, my God. This severe, like, deranged mm-hmm. actions. That is that is the craziest fucking thing. People yeah. were, n- like, obviously, they're still nuts. Yeah. But there's just something specifically disturbing about effigies. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. It's weird. And I mean, that's sort of the the gist of the first like it's kind of the first like hour and a half of the movie, mm-hmm. which I thought was a little odd in terms of like how late the like aftermath stuff showed up. Yeah, because I was like, I knew that it was that the movie's two hours. Mm-hmm. It started right around seven, and so it was rolling on like eight thirty, and finally like the series ended. They lost. Yeah. People were mad. The the sports journalist guys were all suspicious and stuff, mm-hmm. which those guys were so fucking silly. Um the dude the tall dude who sings that song on the train and, yeah. and all that stuff, that's the director. Nice. <laughs> he the reason he originally wanted to play I think Shoeless Joe Jackson. Okay. When he first started to get to like get the idea for the movie and everything. Yeah, yeah. But it took so long to get made. He's like, oh, "I'm too old now." Yeah. But then he discovered that he is a fucking dead ringer for the guy. For, the, ring, for that. Ring Lardner, because he's a real man. Mm-hmm. And he just has, like, that. that is the real man. 
those like pointed features and shit, <laughs> like that yeah. very angular face. Uh-huh. Totally the same. Oh yeah. Super nuts. And so he's like, all right, I guess I'll play him instead. Yeah. And so it's like it's a it's a fun performance, especially that singing moment mm-hmm. on the train. Uh, but it's also just so bizarre in a right. way where it's like, isn't this movie about fucking baseball players? <laughs> and that <laughs> weird journalist sneaking around and singing songs at him and stuff. Yeah. They kind of realized that shit was uh, going sideways. Yeah. <laughs> and so they looked into it more and they published, a, you know, an article about it. And mm-hmm. that's how the grand jury comes into play and they get confessions from jackson well they sort of coerced the confession out of jackson yeah Yeah. but eddie i think there was another one i forget who but like three of the guys did that like they Mm -hmm. they like confessed essentially to it oh that's another thing they told joe that more people that everyone else signed it oh that's right those assholes (laughs) that Mm -hmm. also apparently did not happen at least not that way like they they gave testimony they okay. were not confessions. Okay. And they were not stolen. <laughs> they were lost. They found them later. Oh. But also it wasn't like they were just gone and unable to be used. Mm-hmm. They found like transcripts and copied them and used them during the case. So it really wasn't a big deal <laughs> at all. And the movie made it seem like it was like, holy shit, yeah. the confessions. Oh, someone stole them from the courthouse. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, someone misplaced them for like 30 years. <laughs> but also it didn't matter. So I'll just chill out a little bit. Yeah. I don't know what it is about movies about Chicago in the past and ridiculous court romantics. <laughs> but fucking all I could think of was the untouchables at the no, end of this movie where it was like, right? what is going on? Why is he Why? allowed to make statements like this? Like fucking <laughs> as, as much as you're on his side when Buck like for one, the fact that the judge gives him the opportunity He's mm-hmm. like, so they're about to read your sentence, but if anyone has anything else to mention, yeah. it's like they're done. They deliberated. Mm-hmm. What is he supposed to Are they going to be like, oh, wow, you know what? That was a great speech. We're going to jump back in there. Yeah. Give, <laughs> give us a minute. Yeah, Let us amend this, this a little bit. Yeah. What's also hysterical about it, though, is that he gives them the opportunity to talk. He gets up and he's like, I'm fucking innocent. God damn it. I didn't do this. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, okay, so the verdict He's like, yeah, they're not guilty. <laughs> oh, well. Okay. Yeah. I guess I could have not yelled a whole bunch. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, I was a little bummed. Like normally I'm not a super duper advocate for like crazy out of sequence storytelling. Like it, it's really got to be someone who really knows what they're doing. And not to say that fucking John Sales wouldn't have known what he was doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know, just movies where they have like a, a sort of like framing story. And mm-hmm. then they kind of jump back into the past. Like, I almost kind of wish this movie had kind of had that yeah, a little bit where it was like they're in court and then you kind of jump back and you show what was happening and mm-hmm. maybe jump back to the court sequence, you know, at certain points throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Just because I felt like it really ran out of juice yeah, once it hit the like courtroom stuff. And not that it was necessarily like shit, like, oh, these scenes are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, oh, it's been all like baseball, baseball, mobsters, <laughs> this and that, this whole movie. And then everything just kind of like yeah. slows down and stops for like some courtroom shenanigans. And not mm-hmm. even that big a shenanigans, yeah. but like just enough. <laughs> but I, I feel like it maybe could have been better if it if, if the, the court case was like a framing story to yeah, it and it everything like happened in between. In there. Yeah, I feel like that might have been better. Or at least it would have made that last half hour not feel so 
like, ugh. like I was a little yeah. bit like, come on, we get it. Like get to the verdict mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, something else weird that I read. Um, apparently it took like another year for any of that aftermath shit to happen. Oh, like right after the series, those, the guys like wrote their columns and shit, but it was literally during the 1920 season that this trial happened. Oh, yeah, it wasn't until the next season they finally got around to it. It was like halfway through the season that all the Sox players got banned yeah. and shit. So it was like, fuck, there goes the rest of that season. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, oh, well, now we're going to have to start from the bottom. It was yeah. like, we were playing. We were a team again. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone got fucking yanked away. So that was pretty wild. But that, I definitely, the movie insane, really yeah. made it seem like it happened immediately afterwards. Like, yeah, it was like, just like, it, then the next day. Yeah. I mean, it didn't necessarily diminish the enjoyment of the end of it because I liked the sort of the the flip-flopping mm-hmm. of, of of like emotions to it yeah uh because obviously i did not know exactly how it ended you kind of assume that they were caught in mm-hmm. some way otherwise this wouldn't be a scandal that everyone knows about it would be like a conspiracy theory yeah like we assume they probably threw it it's like no 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 no. it's a thing it's documented at least a bit yeah so it's like we know it, it happened but i just mm-hmm. i had no clue how it was going to kind of turn out. Yeah. So when it was like, we find you not guilty. I was like, okay. And everyone's cheering and everyone's mm-hmm. like high-fiving them. And they're going to go have like a fucking party. And they're yeah. like drinking and eating and having a good time. <laughs> and I was like, is that the message the movie's going for? Like, <laughs> go ahead and cheat. Because as long as the fucking jury thinks you guys rock, they'll acquit you or yeah, something. Right? Like, <laughs> that seems like a weird message for this movie to have. And then immediately it was like, also, by the way, everyone is banned. Yeah, the commissioner comes in and lays yeah. down the law. I was like, oh, shit. You definitely understand his rationale for it. Oh, yeah. You know, like he makes that whole big speech about, you know, no one who cheats or knows of cheating or whatever, will ever be allowed to play Major League Baseball again. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. And then you 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 get those last scenes with, with Bucky and stuff. And as much as, as much as I hated those scenes with those kids, mm-hmm. I thought that last scene, uh, I loved Cusack's speech. I thought he had a killer fucking speech to those kids about, like, loving the game and mm-hmm. shit. And it really nails home, like, fuck, as much as that dude was definitely, like, within his powers and right to ban everybody involved in it. Mm-hmm. What a fucking bummer. Like, that really, really sucks for him and Joe, yeah. especially. Like, I thought that Freddie was going to be the weak link at the beginning of the movie because fucking uh, Chick, <laughs> Chick and Sweet, I think, are in the bathroom talking about it. Mm-hmm. And then Freddie fucking waltzes out of the stall and he's like, oh, hey, guys. Yeah. And they're like, fuck, did you hear about this? <laughs> so they like have to put him in on the take. And I was yeah. like, he's going to be the weak link, isn't he? He's going to be like, oh, I can't take it. And he's yeah. going to let everyone know. And so I was surprised later when it was like Eddie who was like, yeah, I guess I'll fucking tell you what, what happened. I'll tell you everyone that was involved. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. I thought it was going to be that giant puss over there, Freddie. <laughs> you got a future. You got a kid going to college, Eddie. What are you doing? <laughs> On top of it being just a legit pretty good movie. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't necessarily be like, I got to go out and buy it. I got to own this fucking movie and watch it all the time. <laughs> but it's like definitely one if I ever happen to like catch it. Yeah, I'll watch that a little bit. Yeah. Check that one out again. It's got a bunch of good people in it. Mm-hmm. I really had a good time with it. I'm just wondering how much of that has to do with watching five fucking garbage ass video game movies in a row where now it's like this movie has 
inadequate drama. Like, oh, this movie has performances, a script. It's like, holy shit, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Uh, but overall, I'd have to say uh, enjoy for certain. Yeah. And it was fun to fun to sort of start it off because with, with baseball movie month, you know, it was a little more difficult. Where it's like, eh, we don't want to go with like ratings again. Like, what's the worst one? What's the best one? So, mm-hmm. eh, that's not really a part of the dialogue around baseball movies. Yeah. Like, that's sort of the whole point of video game movies. Like, which one's the worst? Which one's the best? When will they get it right? Yeah. <laughs> baseball movies, it's like, it's just the fucking American pastime of baseball and movies mm-hmm. jammed together. <laughs> so, it's like, it's it, uh, hopefully there'll be really great ones. And we've picked out a few that are hopefully really great. But we didn't really have any reason to, you know, order them in any way. Yeah. So it's like, I guess it should be kind of fun to see the game evolve yeah. <laughs> in a way as the movies go. Because the way we're doing them is we're doing like old timey to modern day or as yes. close as we can to that. So it's like starting in 1919. Mm-hmm. It's like the fucking old timey baseball. <laughs> Look at our sleeves. People just drop their mitts on the field anywhere they are. Yeah. Did you notice that? That's mm-hmm. just something they used to do. It, it would be like, like innings over and just throw the fucking mitt on the ground. It's like, who's oh. who's picking them up? Do oh. the team share them? Yeah. The other or team goes just... out there and uses it? Or do they have a ball boy who has to run out there and get it or something? Like, this is the dumbest. Or does it just sit out there until you need it again? Yeah, like, the other dudes have their mitts just sitting on the field, too? <laughs> you have to play around them. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is that? That's the dumbest thing I've ever no seen. Idea. How is that possibly a rule? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the baseball action of the movie was pretty decent, mm-hmm. um, including like I read that Charlie Sheen and John Cusack were were big time like they played baseball and they were like mm-hmm. kind of in baseball shape. And so they could, you know, realistically do it and everything. Some of that pitching, like I know it was way different back then, mm-hmm. but some of those pitches looked like they were going like 40 miles an hour. <laughs> Like, how is no one cranking these all the time? Right. This game is like every game evolves and becomes different. And sometimes people are like, oh, it gets tougher or it gets wussier or Mm -hmm. however you want to do it, whatever. It's like, thank God baseball just got less silly. It was so goofy. The fucking. I mean, there's still some silliness. There's there's a lot of silly and goofiness. The, The thing that's my favorite, probably, and it's one of my favorite things about baseball in general is the fact that like you, you watch a game now and you look at an umpire and it's like sometimes the umpires they're just they just have like a polo shirt on or something you mm-hmm. know it's like whatever but sometimes you still get the guy especially behind the plate <laughs> who's wearing a full on like oversized blazer so that they can wear their vest like under it yep like it's not even like they put the blazer on and then they put their protective thing over the blazer it's like no no it goes shirt vest blazer yeah i have to look good like it's so silly <laughs> and then watching this game and looking at the old timey umpires was like he's got a tie yeah. he's wearing a tie to this game it's a game they're officials <laughs> okay you got me it's just it's always the silliest thing to me he's like why are you dressing it's a game played in a pile of dirt right why are you dressing so nice like i could maybe see like a basketball official mm-hmm. it's like we're inside there's no dirt anywhere. It's just we're we're all dressed to the nines. But baseball is like the silliest one to wear that kind of shit for. But yeah. I love I loved seeing that. I was like, God, this fucking game. I think that is gonna wrap it up here for popcorn for dinner this week. Uh, this is Jeff and Kelly. You're gonna play, Jackson. You're gonna play. 